Well, hey, Pastor Tim here. I want to welcome you again to this living room version of Phoenix Bible Church. And if you are new with us, so glad you're joining us in these unique days. And we've actually been talking about these unique days over the last several weeks, even Good Friday and Easter. We are leaning into these unprecedented times we are in. And what is the person and work of Jesus have to do with these unprecedented times? And what does God's word tell us uh, about how to navigate these unprecedented times. And so you can go back and listen to those, watch those on YouTube, on our website. Uh, but I would encourage you to, to lean in during this time, to grab a Bible. Uh, I have mine that you would grab yours, get God's Word in front of you. I know these are your unique, unique days, and we just want to lean in heavily into what God is is wanting to teach us during these times. And so that's what we're going to do again today. So I invite you to do that with me. Uh, today's message is entitled, unhurried life in unprecedented times. And we're talking about rest today. And I know for me in, in these days, it, it's caused me to realize like, hey, what is rest? And and is it the comforts and routines that I was so used to that have been taken away? Or is it something else? And I would imagine you've been there at some point as well. And so we need to talk about what does rest look like in these unprecedented times that we are in? And just a disclaimer, right off the bat, I know there's a couple different types of people here today that there's a type of person, as soon as you hear the word rest, uh, maybe you feel guilty uh, because the reality is you work a lot. You have a high pressure job. You're just kind of a driven, ambitious person in general. And rest is not something you do very well. And so you kind of feel guilty, but maybe even a part of you, uh, one part of you feels guilty. A part of you is proud. Hey, I don't rest. In fact, weak people rest. And I've gotten to where I am in my career because I, I don't really rest. I work hard. And maybe some of you are in that spot today. And then I know there's another person in this room who you love the idea of rest. And, and you're you're so excited. We're talking about this today. You went and got some notes and you never take notes, but you're taking notes today. And maybe you can give me an amen at some point before today's over. And, and you're excited because you think about rest, you think about naps and vacations, and you're like, I need some of that in my life, and preach it, pastor, right? And so I know there's different types of people in the room today, but, but I want to talk to both of you and just remind all of us that rest isn't anti-work, right? Rest isn't anti-work biblically or practically. Like biblically, uh, the fourth commandment that tells us to rest, and we're going to look at that, it also says, God also says, work six days and do all your work that you rest and work, right? You work hard. The scripture says it all over the place. Proverbs uh, confronts the, the sluggard and the lazy person and talks about being prudent and diligent and working hard. And right? so, so biblically, rest is an anti-work. Practically, rest is an anti-work. I think about the Navy SEALs. They have a saying that says, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And what they're saying is that a frenetic pace, a scattered pace where you're not focused or intentional, you actually mess up a lot and it's actually slower. Whereas if you slow down, focus, you're intentional, you can end up being faster and more productive that way. So, so biblically, practically, rest is an anti-work and we're going to see that today. But I just want to start off with that disclaimer to put us all on the same page. You should work hard, but we should also take a look at rest biblically and what it looks like in our lives. All right. So that's where we're headed. I'm going to give you three points and three practical things to do. So the three points are going to come from starting in Exodus 20, verse 8. Uh, that fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath and keep 
keep it holy. And our first point is going to come out of that. And then our second two points are going to come out of Matthew chapter 11. So we're going to do a little Old Testament and new today. So first point is this, if you take notes, rest isn't optional, it's indispensable. Rest isn't optional, it's indispensable. Did you know that rest isn't a suggestion, it's actually a command in Scripture? It is that fourth commandment that says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now, here's what's interesting is not only that God makes it a commandment, but that it's the longest commandment. There's 10 commandments. There's 613. But in these in Exodus 20, there's 10 commandments. And the fourth commandment to rest, to stop, to Sabbath is the longest. Now, as I looked at that, I thought, why? Well, if you actually read the context in the book of Exodus, you start to understand why. You see, God is giving the Ten Commandments originally to the Israelites. The Israelites who he had rescued out of slavery from Egypt. Slavery. Think about it. These are people, the Israelites at this time, who probably had never experienced rest before. They were slaves. They didn't have a day off, right? And so God, get this, God is showing them how to do something they've never done before. So he gives a couple verses toward that end. And listen, I don't think we're that much different. Now, just to be clear, we are not in, we are not slaves, but many of us are enslaved. Right? Many of us are enslaved to things like distraction and business and hurry and overworking. And for some of you, I believe today, God's going to show you how to do something you've never done before. And it's to experience true biblical rest. And so the first thing we need to see is rest is not an option. It's indispensable. Uh, The second thing I want you to see is that rest isn't situational. It's relational. So rest isn't situational. It's relational. We're going to flip to uh, Matthew chapter 11. Do that with me, your New Testament. We're going to hear the words of Jesus and see first, rest isn't situational. It is relational. Matthew 11 is where we see that verse 28. Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As I thought about our pursuit of rest, and I imagine uh, this is the way it is for you, typically the way we work is our pursuit of rest is more situational. Like when I get that job, then I will rest or be at peace. When I get that raise, I'll be at rest. When we pay off that debt, when when our kids start crushing it at homeschool, come on, and I don't have to guide them through every step of the way, then I'll finally get some rest, right? When we get to just leave our house, like and go back to normal, maybe you've even said that, I mean, I just can't wait to get back to normal. And you're thinking, then I'll get some, some rest, some comfort, some peace in my life. And those are all situations. And I think it's interesting that, that Jesus starts this out saying, come to me and I'll give you rest. He, he says, learn from me and you will find rest. That Jesus is saying, hey, rest is not situational. 
It's relational. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. And it has been that way since the beginning. Exodus chapter 33 says the same thing. That God says, I'm going to give my presence to you and there you will find rest. That rest isn't found in our situations. It's found in our relationship with God. Now you may be wondering, what does that look like? We're going to get to more of what that looks like in just a moment. But I want you to see first your situations, they are going to change. At some point, there'll be a vaccine for COVID-19. At some point, you'll be able to safely leave your house. I'm confident that at some point that will happen. But something else will spring up that will stress you out. Something else in your situation, your kids, they'll go back to school, but instead of being a homeschool parent and a teacher all of a sudden, you will be a taxi driver right? Because you'll be taking them to school every morning. You'll be picking them up. You'll be taking them to baseball practice again and dance class, right? I'm preaching to the choir right now. That's me, right? And at some point, you'll be complaining about those things. And we're just, we're so busy. We're just running from place to place. I wish we could just be at home more. And at some point, you'll say that because situations They change, they go up and they go down, they provide rest and then they don't. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. He can give you a rest that's independent of your circumstance and your situation. And so you want to see, Jesus is calling you to see rest isn't situational, it is relational. The second, the last thing rather, the, the third point is rest isn't merely physical, it's eternal. Rest isn't merely physical, it's eternal. If you look at Matthew 11 again, you see twice Jesus uses the word yoke and really uses the, the imagery of yoke that in that day, in our day, maybe you can think about it, a yoke is a, a wooden frame that would join two animals together and it would join two animals together. It was needed. A yoke was needed because they would be carrying a heavy load. And so Jesus uses that imagery intentionally But he also uses it as it was a common metaphor in that day that people would talk about the yoke of religion and the yoke of the law and all the things the Pharisees and the scribes would add to the law of things they had to do, weight they had to pull in order to gain right standing with God. And Jesus uses this language intentionally of saying, hey, take my yoke. And I'll give you rest for your soul. Hey, my yoke is is light. My my bird is easy. It's it's light. It's not like that that yoke of the law and religion and all these other things on a list, a moral checklist, rituals that you've been adding to try to, to gain right standing with God. No, Jesus is saying, Hey, I've already accomplished I will accomplish that for you in my life, death, and resurrection. He's pulled the weight that you could not. And so therefore you can experience rest. And it's rest, notice, not just for your body, it's rest for your soul. Jesus isn't just talking about giving you more naps. Jesus is talking about giving you a rest that lasts for eternity, that's based on forgiveness in Him, that's based on peace and joy and and, um, salvation in him for all of eternity. It's for your, not just your body, but for your, your soul. And that's something you can take with you no matter how many naps a day you get, no matter how many times your kids need your help with homeschool work while you simultaneously need to have a project. And at work, 
God can give you a rest that you can experience in your soul, knowing whatever happens, I'm eternally resting in the peace that's found in Jesus Christ, that he's pulled all the heavy work for me. He's done it on the cross on my behalf. And now I can simply follow him and rest in him. So rest isn't merely physical. It is eternal. Now, what does all this look like? I'm going to give you three brief things. The first thing is you need to add rhythms of rest to your life that promote rest in your life. Uh, and, and you need to start to add those things today and build those in. I hesitate to almost use the word disciplines instead of rhythms, but I know some of you that makes you, um, think this is legalistic or, uh, you just get like a spasm in your neck when you hear disciplines and that, that, that haunts you, but really rhythms and disciplines, it's the same concept. And the reality is for all of us, we all have rhythms and disciplines in our lives. We all have things that we do, whether intentional or unintentional, whether helpful or hurtful. We have things that we do every day, whether it's watching Netflix or doing the dishes or the work that we do with our kids or working out or going to work or whatever the case may be for you. You have disciplines in your life, things that you do every day. And the reality is things that you do, do something to you. Right? And so you want to add specific intentional rhythms, disciplines to your life that will do something to you to allow you to rest, to allow your, your body to rest, but also your soul to rest. So there's lots of things that I could give you, uh, but I'm just going to give you two things to add to your life, rhythms of rest that you can add to your life. The first one is this, be present, be present. This is, this is going to be challenging for a lot of us, especially with a lot of anxiety and fear in our lives right now, just to be present, right? to not think, well, I need to check the latest with CNN, or I need to check my email one more time, or, or I need to check my social media feed one more time to see what somebody said or if somebody liked my post. And we have a restlessness in our culture in these days. And some of it is, is understandable, right? These are unprecedented times. We're, we're restless. We're anxious. But I would just challenge you to be present and build a practice of presence into your life. I, we see that with Jesus. Uh, just one place, Mark chapter 5. Jesus is busy. He has crowds following him. He has a dad coming to him saying, Hey, my daughter is dying. You need to come heal her. But a woman comes along and she has a need too. And Jesus stops in that moment, even though he's busy, there's urgent things that need to be done. And he's present with this woman and he still goes. He's present with this other person, this dad and his daughter who is dying. He heals the daughter. He heals the woman. He's, he's present with people in the midst of their needs. And I would just challenge you to be present. Uh, Brennan Manning, I'm reading a book by him called Ruthless Trust right now. I highly recommend it, especially during these times about trusting God. Rest, a lot of rest is trusting God. And Brennan Manning tells this story of, of these guys in Ireland who are debating the best music. And they go around and say, hey, this is the best music. Or this is the best music. Or this guy. Or this song. And then one person says, hey, the best music is what is happening now. That's the finest music in all the world. And what he was saying, hey, the music of being present, the music of the moment, whether it is your kid talking to you in that moment, whether it is the dishes clanging in the sink, whether it is 
something you are reading, whether it is listening to your spouse with your full face, that's the music of the moment. And listen, that's the music that you can't ever get back. Like that moment is that moment. Be present. You'll experience rest in that moment. Presence is one of the ways we experience rest. Add that to your life. Be intentional about that. Put the phone away, put the fear away, and be present in moments, right? And experience rest. Second thing is you need to add to your life is be quiet. Experience silence and scripture and prayer abiding with God. Again, Jesus gives us the model for this. He had this rhythm of community and then quiet. Community and crowds and then quiet. Mark 6.31, he says, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Do that. Do that with God's word. Allow God to speak truth into the midst of the lies that you're, you're believing right now. Get alone with the word of God. Get alone and just pray to God. Be silent before God. Listen to God. And just be still. Psalm 46, be still and know that He is God. And and make a a rhythm of that. Set a time and set a place. So set a time. That's morning, midday, or night. Set a place, a chair, a mountain you climb, a walk you take, your car. Listen, I know some of you, you're thinking, Tim, we got a lot of people in my house right now and we're stuck at home. Like, quiet place. Like I know there's a movie that's called that, but I haven't experienced that in so long. Listen, go hide in your car, go take a walk. I know for me sitting in stillness and quiet is hard. And so I I will, I'll go for a walk around the neighborhood and my body is moving, but my soul is at rest. Find those times and places that work. If you need to get up earlier, do that. If you need to stay up later, listen, it is worth it. Not only is it just worth it, like it's beneficial, it's a command of God for you to rest. Find a space and time for you to do that, to be present and to be quiet. And then second, remove rhythms that prevent rest. This is going to be convicting for you. It was for me. I'm going to invite you into my conviction right now. There are some things in my life that are preventing me experiencing eternal rest, spiritual rest, physical rest, with God. Right? Uh, sometimes it's, it's overworking and doing too many things and, and trying to prove myself to our church or to our world that I'm worthy. Sometimes it's working for approval and not from approval in Christ. And sometimes I need to adjust my work schedule and remove some of those things from my life. And again, work hard but not do so to lift myself up or to prove myself to people. And sometimes I need to remove some hours of work from my life. Sometimes I need to remove some, some scrolling in my life, some, some phone in my life. Listen, in biblical times, they had idols, like actual statues they put on the altar and they worshiped them. And when God said, hey, get rid of those idols, it was clear like what those things were. It was the statue. For us, it's a little bit more confusing and difficult. For us, our idol isn't on an altar. Sometimes our idol is in our pocket. Sometimes our idol is laying next to us, like next to our pillow. It's our phone. And it's not just the phone. Like the phone's not evil. It's the distraction, the busyness, the hurry that the phone produces in our life. It's the envy, comparison, the never-ending insecurity we feel in the morning when we wake up, the moment when we go to bed, the most vulnerable parts of our life that we invite distraction, hurry, 
into our life, busyness into our life, and oftentimes fear and even sin and escapism into our life. And some of you need to remove those components from your life. Remove those rhythms that prevent rest in your life. So just practically for us at our home, again, we don't do this perfectly, but we don't take our our phones to bed with us. We have purchased analog clocks, like those old school alarm clocks. I know, kids, look it up on Google, Amazon, and pay like 10 bucks for an alarm clock. So we don't have to rely upon our phones for that. So we can start our day and end our day, not with busyness and distraction, but with rest. We can go to God's word. We can take a walk. That's just one simple thing, but I would encourage you to, 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 to remove some, some places in your life where your phone and busyness and distraction and stress has invaded every aspect of your life. That you'd begin to remove some of those things. That you'd write those things down. That you'd hold yourself accountable to your spouse and to your roommates, to your kids, involve them in this as well. That you would have rules in your life that promote rest because God commanded and because it's beneficial to you and those who you love around you. And so add some rhythms that promote rest Remove some rhythms that prevent rest. And lastly, start where you are. I know some of you, as you listen to this, you're overwhelmed. Uh, You are guilty. You feel guilty because you don't rest. And you're like, man, I look at my phone all the time. Man, I overwork every week. Man, I'm super just panicky and running from thing to thing. and, And I'm not actually resting in God. And I would just say, wherever you are, start there. I love that Jesus starts this out and he says, come to me. It's just an invitation. Hey, come to me. And he says, all who are weary, if you are weary today, you can come to Jesus. And here's the truth of the gospel. He has already come to you in the person of Jesus. As he invites you to come to him and experience rest, he's already come to you. He's already sought you out. He's already done the work on your behalf so you can experience rest. Trust Him, surrender to Him, and start to experience His rest. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you for this time. I thank you uh, for these men and women. God, I pray that we would start today to add rhythms of rest to our life, that we would look to you and recognize that you have worked on our behalf, that your yoke is easy, your burden is light, And we would begin to experience rest in you. And the things that are inhibiting that, God, we would have some honest conversations about with the people in this room, our family, our roommates, and start removing some of those things that are preventing us experiencing what you have not only uh, encouraged us to do or suggested for us to do, but what you have commanded us to do, and that is rest. Help us to begin to take those steps to experience true rest today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.